Hi, and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast. Uh, as you can see, we've lost our main host. Freddie has done a runner for this one, but uh, you've got me here and uh, Andrew and Ash as well. Uh, we are lucky. We're doing the Washington episode today, and we are lucky to have Adam from the Burgundy and Gold Report. He also does the podcast for At Sidelines uh, WFT. And uh, how are you doing, Adam? You all right? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to chopping it up with you guys. Cool. So we are here. We're going to be talking about Jamin Davis today uh, and seeing, you know, how you how you felt about that pick and everything. So the first question I've got to ask you really is, I mean, what was your reaction to the pick? You know, it's all about how the board fell. Of course, Washington was looking at offensive tackles, other skill positions, but everybody knew in the end that linebacker was probably the missing piece. You know, they've gone since 2017, they've gone defense, you know, defensive and defensive interior every single draft. So a lot of people said, OK, well, this is the offensive tackle. <clears throat> I was hoping knowing, uh, you know, how this coaching staff is built in Carolina, you know, some of the things that Jack Del Rio did with the Broncos, that middle linebacker is going to be a focus. So I guess when the announcement came, he was a guy that I got in, uh, involved with Scotty late, late in the process, very late. Well, one thing I saw is he was versatile enough to play that Mike linebacker, which is what Washington needed. What stood out to me is what I like to see is growth when I'm evaluating talent is how did they do that last year? Well, his third year, which was the final year at Kentucky, he nearly tripled, tripled his production, 102 tackles, three interceptions, forced fumble, uh, fumble recovered, and a block kick. So the kid can also play special teams. So this was just a pick at 19. was perfect for Washington because just looking how the board shaped up, the Giants, the Colts, Titans, Vikings, Ravens, they would have all snagged him up. So Washington pretty much got him exactly where he should have been. As far as in a year or two, worry, I'm going to say that he could have, should have been in the top 10 after we evaluate him that far. But as far as right now, I think Washington could have that missing piece. It'll just take time for him to mesh in this defense. I mean, I only got to see him play against Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Auburn, you know, which are great talents. But what impressed you the most about his time at college? Uh, like I said, it's that final year. Like I said, I like to see the the growth. And uh, Mark Stoops, he's a guy that I followed for a little bit. I watched an SEC. I'm an Alabama fan myself. So I've been following him. And one thing that he said is he quoted was he got better every day. He got better every play. For a head coach to say that, it might not carry away with some people. But believe me, a lot of these big-time coaches, they're not just going to go out and say that, especially Stoops. And one thing that I, that I really liked is the way he progressed was film room study. That's something that I look for in linebackers. You know, there's this, this misnomer that these guys are just jugheads and just go out, see ball, hit, destroy. You know, that's what uh, you know, fellow, fellow Dallas fans have in Mika Parsons. He's just one of those guys that's going to go forward and hit you. That's not what Jamin is. Jamin is a cerebral player, spends time in the film room. Everyone I reached out to at Kentucky, former teammates, players, they all say the same thing. Just like former high-round picks, Josh Allen, Bud Dupree, all coached by uh, uh, the, the same coach at Kentucky. He fits that profile as a cerebral player. So when you're trying to fill that middle linebacker position in a 4-3 defense, especially Jack Del Rio and Rivera, just look at the linebackers they've had in the past and that pedigree. There's a lot of shoes that, you know, some some really big shoes to fill there. But I think with coaching JDR, he'll have the luxury of having a defensive line in front of him that's going to take a lot of pressure off him as far as getting to the quarterback, sideline to sideline. His main focus, I believe, in the beginning is really going to be a spy. Like you want to talk about a matchup against Dallas. Dak Prescott, everyone's talking about him getting so excited. Well, if you have that Washington front against that Dallas offensive line that's really not the same as it was in years past, 
you have Jamin Davis that is focused on that. I would love for him to try to run out of the pocket against Washington because this is just not the same defense. This is the 91-style defense that I grew up seeing with Washington. And what he adds to that is just that missing piece they haven't had. And I'd argue that with all the greats we've seen, London Fletcher, guys of the past, Herzog, all these guys, he could end up being the best ever for Washington with all said and done. Yeah, definitely just, agree with you there. Um, he, he definitely has like the, the classic athleticism and speed and stuff. But I've got to fully agree with the, the things that I did like about him was uh, he played a lot in the zone and he read the ball really, really well. I think that was, like you say, the, the comparison to Mika Parsons just goes in. Uh, he definitely reads the ball really, really well. Can I just quickly ask, do you feel that you got the better linebacker then out of Mika Parsons and, and uh, Jamin Davis? I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't have took Pika, Mika Parsons first because, you know, you have to go on, you know, overall talent level pedigree and what he could, you know, Parsons, what he could do in Washington and what he can do in Dallas are two different things because they're built right now on linebackers with a front that's kind of weak. They, they're really weak inside. They've got some ends. But in this defense, Parsons could be probably a pro bowler's first year. But long term, I think Davis is just going to be a better player because they're not looking for a guy to attack the ball. They're looking for a guy to be a coverage linebacker. That's not what Dallas has in any of their linebackers. They will have the ability to showcase that, but that's not what they're built to do. Washington's defense, their job is to blitz up front, to create pressure, create stunts. Jamin Davis will be able to sit back. And the good thing about having someone like him, it's going to allow you not to have to be forced to have three linebackers on the field. So you're going to see a lot more one, two linebacker sets with three safety sets because they're building that right now with some of the additions they made in the offseason as well. Perfect. And I think my main question would probably be, obviously, the Washington defense is quite young. Um, I mean, how do you think Davis will adapt to a young Washington defense? Um, do you think he's going to slot in really well? Do you think there's going to be, you know, some little setbacks or some issues? Or, you know, what are your viewpoints on that? Well, you know, there's no lie here. He's going to have a hell of a lot of pressure on him because, Right now, the core, I love Cole Holcomb, but Cole Holcomb is a weak side, and that's the best that he's going to be. I'd be too nervous to put him inside. So I think they're just going to throw him to the Wolves right away. I think in training camp, you're going to see him playing that mic, calling the signals out. But the thing is, lucky for them, the way this NFC East is shaping out, I think he actually matches up extremely well against the other signal callers in the division. That's six games a year. And if you look at the Washington's back-end schedule, they're paying – five straight NFC East games at the end of the year. So I think that he actually fits in very well. He's going to take his lumps. He's going to, you know, he's going to have his coverage miscues because that's what early on, no matter how smart, no matter how hard he works, getting to watch that film, playing against those guys, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to make miscues. But that defense to front with the ability to, like I said, to have multiple cornerbacks, multiple free safeties, multiple strong safeties all over the field, they'll be able to just unleash that front. And if they unleash that front, like I said, three interceptions last year for Davis, I'm expecting anywhere between, I think, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to say the same production, 100 tackles, three interceptions, but I would expect him to give up some big time plays because it just happens early on. You're obviously really happy with the the pick, and you've obviously you're speaking really highly of him with all of his strengths and uh, how he's going to fit in with the team. Uh, but what do you think his weaknesses are? I, I think right now it's going to be re you know it's a more of a projection thing because if you look at his film, I think that last season I saw everything I wanted to. He checked every box. The question is, will he be a Mike full time? And that's what a lot of evaluators went back and forth with. He played that week very good. He played the other outsides very good. But is he going to be a full time Mike? So early on, that's what my concern is, is, you know, will the coaching 
staff put him in the best position. I think what they're going to do is, you know, I'm going to be a broken record here. It's called the Buffalo nickel. It's having those three safeties on the field. And with the Landon Collins coming back, as Washington fans, I tell them temper your expectations. You have Cameron Curl, and you're bringing in Bobby McCain as a guy I wrote about a couple months ago. Uh, was, a, was a former captain in Miami, free safety, slot corner guy. They just didn't want him to pay him the money. This is what Miami does. They, were, they, they just get their safeties out. Washington got a steal on a one-year deal. Having a guy like that come in will allow him to really just focus and not have to read everything. I think they're going to break it down small for him, and as the season progresses, you're just going to see them just unleash a lot more on him and let him attack more. But for the for in the beginning, I think that they're really going to harness those zone coverage skills because I think that's what they drafted him for. Uh, I know that uh, Kentucky used a bit of a rotational system with their linebackers. Uh, I know uh, Davis was probably the strongest one out of, the, out of the ones that came through, and he he did play more than the others. But he didn't have that many starts for Kentucky in his whole time there. Is is that a concern for you that he hasn't had enough game time, and you know his um, man coverage isn't quite there because they used him only in more of the zone coverage plays? Right. Do you think right. um, that that's going to be a concern for you? Well, what I love about Washington is they're going to be utilizing both. One reason they brought in William Jackson from the Bengals is because that's going to allow them to do a lot more press coverage. They also got this, you know, little known guy, St. Juice out of Minnesota, that I think people are going to start to realize how good he is. Six top more zone with Rivera. You know, we've seen in the past in Carolina, they have made a point that they want to do a lot more press. That just plays into his favor, in my opinion, because if he can switch in and out of, of zone and man, He's going to take his lumps in man coverage. But I think as far as man goes, look for him more to be matched up on a tight end or a spy. I don't think it's going to be like cover the, uh, the running back, the best you know outside weapon. I think they'll temper it early on. His cornerbacks and his safeties are really going to cover up some of um, you know, his inexperience. But you know he's a young linebacker, middle linebacker. He's extremely hard to play in this league. And under you know Jack Del Rio and Rivera, and they're going to put a ton of pressure. But I just say, go look what they did in Carolina with with Kalichi, and I think that they're going to do the exact same with him. But he's a better coverage linebacker coming in. Fab. And so this might be a short question, um, but do you think Davis might have been a bit of a reach for the Washington football team? To be honest with you, that's like I said early on. Yes, <laughs> I was a guy that was really high on Zayvon Collins and. With COVID and the combine, you know, it really screwed things up this year because all of a sudden we got the news. Zayvon Collins has gained 30 pounds. Like, oh, gosh, what's happened here? Is he, you know, is he just giving up? But, you know, I talked to some people about Timmy Reyes, who was a basketball player at Tulsa. They came from Washington as tight end. So I reached out to anybody I knew, and they said, no, no, no. He's not going to be a middle linebacker, even though that's what uh, he was projected. They're saying agents have come up to him, uh, teams have come up to him, and they said they want you to be that outside linebacker. But Arizona wanted a big middle linebacker, and they were the number one favorite. They told him they would pick him up. So long story short, short, I had a crush on him early on. As an evaluator, I tend to get one every year to need position for my team. So I kind of mistook other guys, and I looked at guys like Davis, Jabril Cox, who later found you know, with some knee issues that dropped him in the draft. So I actually had you know uh, Davis going later in round one, potentially second round. So you know when they got him, yeah, there was definitely skeptics there. But like I said, after we got him, I really did my review on him. I reached out to anybody that knew anything about him, watched him, just knew his habits, and the general consensus is very smart player, not a cocky player, but when he gets on the field he turns that switch. So, yes, it was a little bit of a reach from what he has production-wise, 
But long term, I just think he comes in the perfect position. There's a few teams he could come into and would be this good. Washington, to me, I have them coming as the number one defense. This has nothing to do with my fandom of them. I think they're the number one defense is all said and done because they filled all the need positions at defense. Now, offense, that's a different story. But defense <laughs> is the number one unit this year. Well, this leads me lovely into the next question with what you've just said there. I think all of us last year really like stood up and looked and went, wow, you know, this is probably arguably the uh, strongest young front seven in the NFL. I think we all agree with that. I mean, I'm a Giants fan and I was kind of going like, they're young, they're good, they're top quality. Do you think that bringing Davis into the team is now uh, a sign of how Washington want to play football and they're going to win games with their defence? I think everyone's been waiting for Washington to find an identity and their identity is going to be their defense. Cause you know, this is nothing different from even our, our, the Super Bowl runs. There is no quarterback. It, 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 there's journeymen, there's great story backups. And I have no problem with that as long as they build the defense. So we've been screaming for 20 years, build that defense. I was a guy, we saw Champ Bailey get traded, like, you know, for Portis, which, you know, Snyder has really screwed it up time after time. <laughs> Unfortunately, the world just kind of crashed in on him and forced him to make all these decisions which for the better of the fans and hopefully to step back. And right now, Ron Rivera might not be the best coach in the NFL, but he's the best cleaner. And right now he's got everything on the up and up. Julie Donaldson running the VP, you know, that's something our show on sidelines. We've talked to him, Jason Wright, you know, we're part of uh, all the hosts, all the guests we have are part of this fan network that they have going. This team is going in a totally different direction. And one thing they're going to make sure is Chase Young. He's going to be the, the, the face of this franchise. If you look on him, he's a guy that doesn't sit down on the sideline. And who and during that playoff game against Tampa Bay, who was the first one up when Taylor Heineke had that rush for a touchdown? Uh, Chase Young. The most famous gift right now, Washington Nation, is him pointing to that scream at Heineke. So, man, this, this defense, you know, I, I get a little excited because I remember being 1991, Washington, D.C., celebrating our Super Bowl. It feels like that. The defense feels like that. The offense going into that year, we had the best receivers in the league. We knew the offense was going to score, but the defense, we were a little concerned. But, man, Daryl Green and those guys came out in 91. So I think Chase Young and these guys can get this to, you know, a 9-10 win team and repeat as division champions. But as far as the rest will go, we'll see what Fitzmagic can do with this offense. Do you feel that there was any other positions that maybe Washington could have gone for? I mean, you... You've said already that, you know, really good defense, but the offense maybe not so great. So was there was there anything else that you felt would have been more needed as a first round pick? Yeah, it, like I said, it was all when we said in the beginning, all about the, how the board fell, because I liked a lot of offensive tackles. I liked Rashawn Slater, Vera Tucker, who went very early. You know, uh, Greg Newsom went to Cleveland, another long cornerback. So I did like a variety of positions. But in the end, when the board fell, if you look at the positions that went off the Washington defensive end, you know, all these positions that they didn't really need. And, you know, some people were talking about, you know, Washington should have maybe reached for a receiver. But what I would tell people out there is Terry McLaurin is about to be the highest paid receiver within the next year. So you're not going to draft a guy that high and give that guy money. So what they did is before the draft even happened, they got Curtis Samo from Carolina. But a guy, I'm just going to tell you guys, I know we're talking about Davis, but De'Ami Brown, Carolina, he's a guy that I've watched for two years. And this is going to be one of the most dynamic receivers in the next two, three years. But what they're building is excellent. Man, they just need to solidify that offensive line. It's just a bet. You know, you don't take the third, fourth offensive lineman at number 19 when arguably the, the you know, 1B second linebacker is still on the board with Damon Davis. So I think it's really how the board fell and they got the best value there. 
really thought that the draft this year was uh, quite secondary heavy. I thought there was some really strong talent in there in the secondary. For me, I thought Washington uh, secondary was wasn't as uh, as confident and capable as the front seven. Do you not feel like that should have been an area that you should have addressed uh, before a, a li another linebacker? Well, they did. They did. Uh, William Jackson was their number one target in free agency out of uh, Cincinnati. And he just doesn't get a lot of love because in Cincinnati, they're a crappy team and their their defense has really been nothing to talk about. But what happened is opposing teams just didn't throw at him because he's just locked. He's, I wouldn't call him locked down. Be careful with that. But he just wasn't thrown at three interception. I think is four years. So not that ball hawk reputation. But what he's going to do in Washington is he's just going to be an opportunist. So if you have that defense constantly getting arms and quarterbacks' faces, constantly tipping down balls, having a press corner, that's going to change everything. Additionally to him, I mentioned earlier, Bobby McCain, the free safety out of uh, Miami, that guy can play slot and free safety. So they did address those positions. But early on, like I said, a guy like Newsom, he was one of the few guys I liked on the board. So to me, it was between him and Davis. I think they went with a guy that doesn't have to come off the field. Davis is a middle linebacker. Then when all said and done, he's going to be playing 80, 90% of the snaps. So, there's something to be said for, you know, drafting a guy top 20 for that. Just moving away from Davis a little bit, I mean, how did you feel about the rest of the draft? Because you did bring in some really good talent. I mean, you've already alluded to the Army Brown. You brought in Samuel Cosme as well, who's, who looks like a really good offensive tackle from Texas. I mean, were you happy with what came in? Uh, you know, a little up and down. You know, I'll be honest with you. The the one I mentioned from Minnesota, I've really start to, started to watch more film on him, Stane Juice, is he was a transfer student from a graduate student from Michigan and actually came to Minnesota, like I said, nearly 6'3", very long, played that free safety cornerback look. I really was not excited with that pick, but they had OTAs and the, the players could not stop talking about him. He was he was locking down uh, receivers all practice long. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in training camps. The third round was a little bit of a reach. I thought they could have got him later, but the word was he was in demand. It's just without this combine, you got to understand a lot of names fell through the cracks. Um, but the way the whole draft shipped up, you know, they got Bates tight end from um, Boise State. But a guy I really like that they got late is a guy named Shaka Tony from Penn State. He actually played the defensive end, outside linebacker role. So they got some value, but really. You know, you mentioned the guys, Brown, Cosme, Davis, you know, those first three, four picks, solid picks. And Cosme, he went from a C-plus pick to a B to me because he was originally brought in to be a left tackle, and they got rid of their right tackle, Morgan Moses, and moved him over there, which is, to me, will be a lot more natural fit for him. So, overall, man, solid B draft for them. So, yeah, you can't much do much better than that, you know, when you have the 19th pick. I love that. I've got a little bit of maybe a different question, maybe a bit more female oriented. Um, but I read um, an article recently, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I do love his beard. Um, I've got to just put that out there. Got to love it. But um, I read an article recently that he said um, that his thoughts and feelings right now with the Washington football team, he's never felt more confident, um, you know, in a really long time and stuff. So I would love to know maybe what your predictions are with him at the helm. So at the QB helm and stuff. Um, I mean, do you, do you feel confident with him um, at QB one? Do you think that he could be the one to take you maybe through the playoffs through to the championship games, through to Super Bowl and stuff. Um, what what are your feelings with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Um, and like you know, have you got utmost confidence in him? Really? I'll be honest. 
I, I was surprised with the signing. I didn't think he'd be available to them because I am a Taylor Heineke guy, but I'm not delusional that he's some kind of a franchise savior. And a lot of people say, you know, look at that Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Bay playoff game where they lost and give that defense, you know, maybe another game film to look at. And, you know, maybe it's a different story, but the guy is a gamer. So, you know, Fitzpatrick, I'm happy we got him. But in the end, I, I, I've had a hot take from, from day one that I think that something's going to happen along training camp. I think, it, you know, we're talking about a 38-year-old here. So I think it'd be delusional to think that he's going to get through the dog days of summer and there'll be nothing. I, so I'm predicting that, you know, that Taylor's actually going to be that week one start. Um, as far as how long all that could go, I don't know. I feel confident Fitzpatrick could lead this team, but I actually feel that, you know, Taylor Heinke – offers another dimension to this team that allows them to move the pocket, maybe overshadow some of the issues they're going to have on that offensive line. People are yeah. scared that Fitzpatrick's going to throw a lot of interceptions. That's a concern. So I think if you can get him in, like I said, I see nine, 10 wins. I, I just don't see Super Bowl because I think that's a lot to ask for to bring all. There's a lot of new pieces on offense. Literally that offense I think is going to be 40% to 50% new starters. So I think that offensive line, Defense is they're going to make that offense look horrible all camp long. It's just going to be bad. They're going to have to tell the defense to literally count two Mississippis before they move for the offense to even get a playoff. So um, I think that it's going to take time to get going. But I think as the season progresses, this can be a team that scores, you know, 22, 24 points a game. Uh, Antonio Gibson is a guy that I have a, a lot more faith in. If he gets going, I think that they can go very far. But if it's just kind of mediocre, keep that offense rolling, 10 wins to me is probably their ceiling this year. But again, anything we've, we've seen it last year. Anything could happen. With how poor that division was uh, last year and Washington obviously topping it, uh, obviously the Giants and the Cowboys have both made moves and strengthened their team. Do you think there's any pressure now on Washington to uh, step up their game now more uh, and actually solidify and win that division? Uh, or do you, th do you think there's going to be any disappointment if they do drop behind those two teams? Well, you know, great question. You know, look, look, the division or not, they, they have not been able to take care of the Giants for how many years now? This is years. This is not two game, couple games. So the Giants, to me, I, I live in New York, and I talk to New York fans all the time. They're a scary team because they've got a lot of guys on defense that you just don't know about. They're slowly building that offense. But, man, I am not a Jones guy. I really went a deep dive to his evaluation at Duke, and he got the love because – the, Man, uh, the Manning coaches, the coaches that coached the Manning brothers um, were the same guys that coached him. So I think a lot of people fell in love with that idea. I think if he continues to play the way he plays, he's not going to last long. They have nobody behind him. So that's my question with the Giants. Their defense, I think their defense is going to keep them in every game. Dallas, I think that they get way too much hype because of Dak Prescott. And I think although they have all the great receivers, they spend years building an offensive line that is currently in shambles right now. They're off their they're left tackle, Tyron Smith. Same thing Chris Samuels was dealing with, what, 14 years ago now in Washington with the neck issue. If Frederick's retired, they're breaking down. So who's going to protect that? Is he gonna, if he's going to run all day, he's coming off a major injury, let's not forget. He's going to be in a lot of trouble. So you can have all the receivers you want. But if he's got to drop back, he's going to have a hard time against teams like uh, uh, Giants in Washington. Philadelphia, they got a long way to go. If they do – somehow pull this, you know, rabbit out of the hat and get um, Deshaun Watson, that changes everything for them. But for right now, under, you know, under Jalen, again, I was Alabama fan, watched him, watched him when he went to the Sooners, he ain't the one. So Philadelphia, to me, 
I'm the guy that thinks Giants and Washington are the teams to watch in the East, not the others. How how do you feel about um, you've mentioned about Ron Rivera being your coach? I mean, how do you feel about him actually being there? Do you think that he is the right guy for this younger defense? Do you think that he is the you know you've got a you know Super Bowl champion, two times NFL Coach of the Year there? Do you think that he's the guy that can really help them out and and get them sort of like over the line? Because, you know, I mean, you got to the playoffs. If you feel that you've got the ability to sort of like push on again this year, then do you feel that, you know, playoff wins are are something that he can provide for you? Well, like I said before, he came into a situation. He's not just the coach. He was the general manager for all of last year, the president, basically, for the most part, all of last year. They brought in Mayhew. They brought in some great talent, but he is still running everything. So, you know, I liked Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City. I was hoping we were going to get him. I wanted to see more of a dynamic offense with the defense being built the way it was. Instead, they went with the more defensive-minded, military-style guy, and honestly, it's worked perfectly. The fans are eating it up. The coach, you know, the coaching staff, the players, you know, the, the thing with cancer, you know, what that's going to that's going to do for the team. You know, he he barely missed a beat. You know, the guy was on the sidelines for chemotherapy. Like th- this is a tough SOB we're talking about here. So right now, to me, he's the best coach for the situation. You talked about playoff win. That's the hump. That's the hump that Washington has not got over. I think that they can get that win possibly. But it's 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 the offense. Like I said, great receivers. I and I'm, yes, I will say great because I think they will be great. I love these guys across the board. But the quarterback play right now, if it's Fitzpatrick, new team, and this offensive line is still a major major work in progress. There's a lot of questions. You gotta get that run game going. You can't throw 90 percent of the game. So for right now, the way they're built, you know, you you can catch it. You know, you might get lucky. But for right now, I just, you know, I was on a show, Football Garbage Time, and, you know, we go around the league every week. And, you know, it's, it's about the other teams, not about Washington. I just think that there's a lot more tougher teams that they're going to have to be able to dethrone going far into the playoffs. So I, I think that this year, you know, unless this defense is Baltimore Ravens style, because to me that's the only way they go to the Super Bowl. It has to be 85 Bears of that uh, Ray Lewis Baltimore Ravens defense. I think they're very – Close to that, they're just not there yet. Now, Adam's a big betting man, uh, and you've got a player that I absolutely love. You can probably see from the Ohio State number two jersey. Oh, yeah. uh, so, what do you think the odds are, and do you think it's capable of uh, Chase Young becoming uh, Defensive Player of the Year this year? I think it's going to be tough. And the reason I'm going to say that is just like Ohio State, he got that target on his back. You're going to see he is going to be the most held player and the, the most penal- the most penalties coming against next year because he's getting he's already got respect that Kerrigan never had in Washington. He'll get those holding calls. He's going to get chipped. But if you saw the top 100 in the NFL and he talked about Jack Del Rio set him up, when he knows he's getting chipped, man, this guy chips chippers. So – I think to say some people think he's going to get that 18-20 sack mark, I don't see it. And I don't see it because it's not the way this defense is built. Montez Sweat is a guy that folks are going to start talking about this year. This is going to be one of the most scariest guys in the NFL because he's faster than Chase Young. He's taller than Chase Young. Not as good, but pretty damn close. And somehow they got him on the back end of round one based on a faulty medical um, result. But when you have these guys, John Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, him settled you're 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 loaded so to to think that that one guy is just gonna dominate to that point i just think there's too much talent on this defense in saying that i think he could still get that because 
it is a popularity contest because we have seen in years past guys with higher stats haven't got that award. So it's not always about stats. So I can see him doing it. Um, but I think this year it'll be more about how the, the overall defense ascends and how he puts his uh, um, his teammates in position to ultimately. I think he'll probably be second or third in sack. That's my prediction, not even top, because I think the other players are going to reap the benefits. Just finally, before you finish, um, I just wanted to ask you, you know, the Washington football team, they've been a, a bit in the doldrums over the last few years. I mean, how... How good is it for you to have a team that is now competing and, and also, like you know, as we were saying, potentially could go out and, and win a playoff game? Well, you know, it, it's just been every offseason, it's been drama, drama. We still had it this offseason. And that just tells you how good Rivera is because, you know, the, the well, Snyder is with his money because obviously he silenced a lot of people, but, we, you know, we won't go there. Um, so unlike <laughs> years past, you know, we've just been like, you know, let's just get through the drama of the season. And although there was a little bit of drama, they've went, they've went on to become the number one social media team in the NFL. And, you know, guys like Rio Robinson that I work with, uh, uh, Keith, um, Parker Hamlin, you know, these guys, fan ambassadors, uh, hosting shows, the team now, they're coming on our shows. They're talking to us, you know, teams that are high executives. I'm not seeing other teams doing this. I reach out and I say, you know, I don't know about, you know, Green Bay fans, but are you talking to their team executives, their presidents? And they're not. So Washington is making an effort to get their fans back. You know, before the COVID, they had, they went from sellouts to an empty stadium in 2019. The only, and I say empty because the only people that were there were the opposing team. That's a big fall from where they've been. So the job that Rivera's done the staff is done it feels really good but again i temper expectations keep it at that 9 10 win uh range because i think that there's a lot you have to do to you know go to the super bowl mahomes we know why they did it tampa bay they got tampa uh they got tom brady so it's about missing pieces i think washington needs to find that quarterback you know next year's draft that's when i have really high hopes they get that guy next year i have the super bowl foul next year um adam thank you so I'd much love to ask for coming me. on oh sorry that's fine i'd love to maybe ask one more question um just because i'm super curious um but um you must have seen the list of names that are kind of up for grabs for maybe what washington could potentially call a new team maybe in the future what is on your kind of top list for new names? Are you happy to maybe stick with the Washington football team? I've seen some very interesting ones um, here in the UK, which I personally would not be happy with. <laughs> um, but, I mean, what what do you think? Have you got one particular mind that you would be happy with? Um, but, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts just on that particularly. Well, well let, let's just say this. The benefit of having co-hosts that have been part of this um, this fan network with the team They've got to be in meetings where they're spitballing ideas. So just things you know, connect some of the dots. Washington football team is out. They've pretty much said that that's out. Um, Warriors is out. That was a team. That was a name I was on about a year and a half ago. Um, but to me, you know, the fans have been overwhelmingly with this whole Red Wolves movement and stuff like that. Number one, to keep the R, you know, number two, they like that. I'm not a fan of that because if you know what a red wolf is, it's, it's an endangered species. It's not a tough thing. It's, it's something that's like a fox, basically. But I've been hearing from a lot of people, and my prediction is they'll be the wolf pack because I think you have NC State. You know, they, they 
built the following. Um, you know, again, we're talking about some of the things I've heard and some of the slogans of, you know, you know, pack together, you know, different, these are coming from the team themselves that have slowly come out. So my prediction is going to be, well, and I, I just don't think going with monuments, you know, the whole idea of capitals, this and that, they messed up with the wizards when they changed the names from the bullets. So I just hope this time you go more in that traditional and not try to be unique with commanders, something, you know, silly like that. Go with something that has semi, you know, Wolfpack, you know, besides NC State, there's no one you're going to think about. So you start to do with Washington in the next five, 10 years, everyone will think about Washington with Wolfpack. So that's what I hope that they do. And, you know, my gut is telling me, hopefully they go towards that way. Oh, I love it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, have, have we lost Adam? No, I, I'm still here. I'm still here. No, they hear me. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where can everyone find your stuff? Thank you guys so much, for, so much for having me on. Uh, you can find all my stuff at theburgundyandgoldreport.com. Um, if you want to go back, I did a whole draft series last year. I did a virtual draft card series. We just click on the cards and you just get a full evaluation. But um, I will actually, uh, like I mentioned before, I was on Football Garbage Time. Um, I actually just did my last show with there. I will continue with Sideline Washington, but I'll be dropping my own solo show um, before the season starts. So, you know, just stay tuned at theburgundyandgoldreport.com. Follow me on Twitter at the BNG Report. Again, thank you guys so much for having me on Hail DC. That's great. It's great having you on. Um, everyone check out that. And um, also, we've got loads of extra stuff coming out. So please check out all our episodes. It's been great, the reception that we've had. So if you can keep watching us, that'd be brilliant. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, we'll see you all very soon. Hey, have a great night, guys. Thanks for having me on.